This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. Judy Mikovits, welcome back. Yeah, four decades of work. Four decades of work associating at, at, at the National Cancer Institute, at pharmaceutical companies, at universities, um, demonstrating um, how viruses dysregulate the immune system to cause the disease. So that's a really good starting point. Is um, you know, uh, is that virus? It, it's it's not the the key. Isn't the virus? The key is the health of the immune system. So I, I've worked on the single theory for my entire life that we could educate the immune system to prevent and treat chronic and infectious disease. Chronic diseases like cancer associated with viruses or caused by viruses um, and, and, and infectious disease like AIDS. So in that work, um, I've primarily focused on plants. I'm a natural products chemist as well. And, and my job is, you know, plants have viruses and we'll get there. Um, and my, my, my idea is, is, is how, or, or the, the hypothesis is, is can we use food as medicine? That was my very first as a, as a kid, that, that we can stay healthy if we eat healthy, if we're exposed to a healthy environment, to, um, uh, to sunshine, to, to clean air, to clean water, to clean soil. That's, that's health. Funny you should say that. Because the last year, Judy, the very opposite has been forced onto just about the whole world. Uh, stay indoors. Don't go to the beach. Stay far away from people. Avoid vitamin D. You can't say vitamin D. It's, it's, it's the devil. Um, z- zinc. And anything that's healthy. And I believe in the United States, you get junk food if you get vaccinated. I mean, it's the, it seems to be the very opposite of what you're saying. Correct. Yeah, we're being rewarded or incentivized um, with um, with with junk food, or and 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 that's the only thing we're able to 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 get here in California. It's, it's particularly bad. So we only get the packaged food that's loaded with GMO and genetically modified organisms. You know, are are in fact. Um, viruses or poison the word virus means poison and so the, in in that in that respect that's that's how we think of it what poisoned your immune system and what parts of your immune system so as a molecular biologist and a molecular virologist um i i look at those questions i look at um, you know, how viruses change the immune system to cause disease. And probably the earliest thing, my PhD thesis defense um, was a particular subset of cells called the monocyte macrophage, your frontline immune response, your innate immune response. That's a key part of it is the cell called the monocyte macrophage. And it produces factors, let's just call them bullets. So its job is to scan the landscape, scan the the skin, scan the eyes, scan the brain, scan the gut, scan the liver, and look. That that's your troop, that's your military, and it's scanning and saying, what's foreign? Is there poison out there? Is there a, a, a foreign person out there? Is, is there an enemy out there? And then shoot it, shoot bullets. Those bullets are cytokines, chemokines, growth factors. And, the, and those bullets basically, um, you know, um, tell other parts 
of the immune system to wake up, this is the type of poison it is, and then go kill it before it kills um, the part of the immune system that is has been invaded. Just if you think of it like a military, it's your frontline defense. Well, when we realized in HIV AIDS in 1991, when everyone was dying, we were we were de de we were defending the adaptive immune response, the the not the innate immune response. We knew that the T cell got killed. But what we knew was that only one in 10,000 T cells had any evidence of infection. And I'm just going to keep using the word evidence of infection. And so if one in 10,000 T cells had any evidence infection, why were they all being killed? Well, medical doctors um, called it, and, and Tony Fauci uh, and, and the so-called the, 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 the heads called it bystander effects. They called it bystander effects, which is not scientific at all. So I started my PhD thesis in 1987 and basically said, who's the shooter? What mm -hmm. else is going on? something else. So instead of using drugs and immune therapies, which prevented the infection of the T cell, um, the goal was to keep the virus silent in the monocyte. It's not the presence of a virus, it's expression of the virus that in the wrong tissue at the wrong time that is the disease. And I think that's a good jumping off point for this conversation. Y well, yes. I mean, I, I'd like to know, Judy, like what is a virus? Um, well, you know, um, a, a virus um, in and of its, it, it, its very basic root is no different from what is a human being. You know, it's a genetic code, but the genetic code doesn't make up the virus. The, ge the genetic code in our body, 8% of our genome, 8 to 10% of our genome, when we sequenced the human genome back in 2004, as recent as 2004, when the human genome was sequenced, it was learned that 8% of our genome were crippled viruses, viruses that couldn't be expressed, viral genomes that weren't infectious intransmissible. There are millions of viruses. There are positive strand viruses, negative strand viruses, retroviruses, which are RNA, DNA hybrids. There are DNA viruses like the herpes virus. So, you know, at the, at the heart of what is a virus, just like a human being isn't its genetic code. A human being depends on the expression of its genetic code. And every single bit of your DNA, every cell of your body, is, is in the DNA in your nucleus. That is the blueprint for producing a human being. Well, of what that virome was, was the blueprint for many different viruses that had been crippled by the immune system because the immune system doesn't want to express a virus. It can, it can turn into a killer if too many cells are infected with the infectious and transmissible virus. So the difference is, what is the viral particle? What is what is a viral particle? What is that? You know, we see it now. Everybody gets to look at their viral particles everywhere. The spike protein, what the particle looks like. What is that? What makes up the virus once? And, and, and a virus is not at all living because no matter which animal or even plant that a virus is in the genome, the blueprint of the virus is in the genome. 
but only it uses all of the health the the organism's machinery the host cell machinery so at the very basic definition uh, a virus is an obligate parasite it needs it needs you or it is not living that's why we're not coughing the rna on a tabletop and that is not infectious this is why the pcr test as the late carrie mullis the nobel laureate said no detecting a fragment of a virus the rna fragment of a virus in a human being says absolutely nothing about an infectious transmissible particle. And this is why this is a case-demic. This pandemic known as COVID-19 is a case-demic. We, if you look at us, I can make a PCR for Epstein-Barr virus, a DNA virus which is associated with mononucleosis. It's, it was called the kissing disease because most people get infection when it, because it's in the saliva, it's in the glands. You can see particles in the saliva. So most people get infected. It gets into their lymphatics, into their blood cells, um, into their immune system when they start kissing as teenagers. Um, but almost nobody gets mononucleosis, a disease which can be deadly and hospitalize susceptible individuals. There's another disease associated with Epstein-Barr virus, and that's called Burkitt's lymphoma, an aggressive and deadly cancer, but not everybody that's infected. So 99% of the world, I guarantee you, you and I are both infected, have DNA of, um, of EBV and, and uh, Epstein-Barr virus. And yet nobody, nobody looks at us every day and does a test and says, oh, you have EBP, you can cause mononucleosis, you can cause somebody to have um, Burkitt's lymphoma. That's just simply not true. EBV is not considered a causative agent of either of those two diseases because um, in order to be a causative agent, everybody infected with the virus had to have the disease or die. And we know COVID-19, um, COVID-19 is the disease. And as you open the show with, the disease has little, if anything, to do with SARS-CoV-2, the coronavirus infection um, that, is, that is said to be the causative agent mm. of the disease. And said so often, this is why our movies, Plandemic and Plandemic Indoctrination, Indoctrination, just keep telling them that COVID is the same thing as SARS-CoV-2. And nobody will understand it because everybody's not a virologist and, and, you know, and most people walking around know what I just told you. Um, yeah, we all have EBV. We don't all have mononucleosis all the time. We have immune systems. And so the, the whole idea is um, COVID-19 has little to do with the virus. SARS-CoV-2 as the poison and more all of the measures that have been used as this as this has been, you know, forced down our throat. This is the causative agent. Mm. No, it's not. No data anywhere. No isolation. And I know you want to talk about that. Yeah. What is contagious? Yeah. What is infectious and transmissible? But um, it's certainly not a PCR positive person. There's no evidence of a contagion if all that's been detected is the fragment of the blueprint. The blueprint of a 
of an organism is not the organism. And the, the, the RNA or the DNA, the nucleic acid, the blueprint that has to be transcribed, written, and translated into the proteins. And, and again, with a virus, your host, the host cell mm. has to do all of that work. That virus has to infect the cell and then use the cell machinery. That's why I'm a molecular biologist, the pathway, in order for itself to persist so that the virus can infect, be infectious and transmissible and infect more and more cells. A clever virus doesn't kill the host. A clever virus stays there because once you kill the host, there is no virus. The virus is dead. Um, HIV might be a clever virus then. Um, it's interesting why I, I, you use HIV and why I brought up my background. Because when I started my PhD research in 1987, when, when everyone was dying, thinking about the T-cell dying, and, the, and no treatment or prevention was given until the CD4, a very important um, functional T-cell, was below 200, and I'll just leave it at that. So everybody was said, no, don't take any of these dangerous drugs. Don't do anything to prevent disease development. Don't go on the sun. Don't get type 1 interferon. Don't yeah. get peptide. You know, all of the things that we knew at the time, even things that are working in, with other RNA viruses. So HIV was killing everyone in 1987. And when I started my Ph.D. research and I said, uh-uh, that's because there's another shooter. And yeah. so what happened after my research and, and that of others, but from my Ph.D. thesis, remember, to get a Ph.D., you have to change prevailing dogma. It has to be something that's never been done before. And everybody said I was an idiot. They said you can't infect the monocyte macrophage because everybody knows the receptor for, for um, HIV is CD4 on that particular subset of T cells. And everybody knows monocytes and macrophages don't have CD4. Therefore, you're an idiot. Your cultures are contaminated. We ultimately proved everything we said um, over the next decade in my PhD thesis. But what my PhD thesis showed was that HIV doesn't cause AIDS. And so what we did was, based on that new knowledge, started preventing the transmission, started preventing, treat early, treat mm -hmm. as soon as someone is determined to be positive or exposed, and they will never develop AIDS. And that stopped, not the spread of the virus, but the spread of disease. Yeah, and, and we can see that. Sorry, I interrupted. Please go on. That's all right. No, we just see, we can see that in the movie. Yep. We can see the politics of how, you know, before HIV was thought to be the cause of disease, right. you know, the politics blame the infected, blame the practices, blame the poppers, blame the drugs, blame the IV drug users, the, the gay men. And a virus doesn't know if you're a gay man, an IV drug user, a Republican and Democrat. If you've got the blueprint, You've got to keep your immune system healthy and, and kill the invader before it infects too many cells. Dr. David so, Radzenik was on my podcast a few months ago, and he said precisely the same thing. Correct. 
And, and this is what we know. And, and, and this is why I point people in, in our books, Plague, Plague of Corruption, in our last book, Ending Plague, um, which is a bit available right now for pre-order by, by, at Amazon. Um, and it's really important because to stop the censorship, your audience can pre-order it and they have to ship it to you. And, and this is how we stop the censorship a plague of corruption which came out a year ago 2020 april 14th so what that's it's, it's so important to see the plague of corruption read like prophecy and this is why unfortunately the position i'm in i lived that history we know the movies the band played on the dallas buyers club we knew how the victims were blamed and it wasn't until a contaminated blood supply so the virus was in the blood, not just the particles, but the blueprint. And so, but, but never was it realized and not just that virus, but the mouse viruses we isolated and associated with another disease um, called ME-CFS. So the blood supply was found to be contaminated for more than 30 years in 2011. And what we now realize is that those in, in the days of HIV who were infected, who got infection from a contaminated blood supply. Think about Arthur Ashe, think about Ryan White. Really important for your audience to see the movies the band played on in the mm. Dallas Buyers mm. Club, because they show you that we, the scientific community, the political community, we knew what was going on and yet the message told to and i say we is the royal we because we didn't know we were fighting from the trenches saying use alpha interferon use peptide t you know use hyperbaric oxygen therapy though that works to keep an immune system strong and yet everybody marched that's why the band played on march to the tune and that was led by fauci by redfield by burks worldwide um you know until it was realized with Ryan White and Arthur Ashe, a child Ryan White with hemophilia with bleeding disorder and Arthur Ashe who got the, the tennis star who had, a, had to have a heart transplant. Both of them got contaminated blood and died of AIDS. Was the only contaminate in the blood HIV? No, we now mm. know there were XMRVs, the gamma retroviruses we discovered also infecting that blood at that time. Judy, uh, so, for, former South African President Thabo Mbeki, uh, one of the major reasons he was removed from from his presidency was he was referred to as a as a AIDS denialist. By what you're saying, he actually is owed an apology. Uh, yeah, and and so what's really important is HIV is not AIDS any more than COVID is SARS-CoV-2. So he is owed an apology because he said other things were being inflicted on his people. Yeah, he said, it was, he, said it was a, he said it was a disease of poverty. Uh, correct, because those, those impoverished, which we're seeing right now, who's suffering from COVID? The very old, the very young, the mentally disabled, the impoverished, those who have are forced into these measures such as toxic masks, toxic mask wearing, these shots, the including these toxic flu shots in order to keep their jobs, in order to work. So those of us who don't have to work or can't work like me, <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't we, we don't have to 
face um, these, these, these measures. So it, it was a disease of the impoverished. And remember, what was forced on, on the communities in the 80s? The hepatitis B vaccine. Mm. And this is clear in the movie. So at the time, the hepatitis B vaccine was forced on the susceptible populations, including the impoverished, including Africa, including South Africa, including worldwide. Um, uh, that that these and the hepatitis B vaccine was made from purified human blood and other things, and contained other animal and human viruses. Mm. Um, it one of which were the mouse gamma retroviruses. We isolated, we firmly isolated and associated with your with disease in 2011 and with many, many strains. So this is, what is isolation of a virus? Yeah. So again, as I said, the blueprint is not the virus. So when you isolate a virus, what you have to do is do they're they're very fragile. You're looking at a particle because the 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 blueprint is read by your cells and it makes viral proteins, but it also those viral proteins in the case of envelope viruses like HIV and um and SARS-CoV-2, they have an envelope surrounding them to protect the, the the DNA to protect the nucleic acid, just like we have a cell membrane yeah. and a nuclear membrane, because RNA or DNA, nucleic acid in the blood or in the lymphatics is a danger signal. When you have DNA outside the cell, you've got a sick cell, either a cancer cell, that cell is falling apart, it's disease. That DNA turns on the flame, the middle of inflammation, the flame, and it kills that right away, kills the cell to prevent the disease from spreading through the body. Think of tumor cells. I worked with cancer mostly, and cancer was often associated in the early days. In fact, the program I started in at the National Cancer Institute was all about the viruses causing cancer. That was the prevailing theory in the 70s when our then president, Richard Nixon, declared a war on cancer. It's find the viruses that cause cancer. That was the entire focus. So when you, when you bud out of a cell, it's called budding, you take the cellular membrane and that begins, that forms the membrane of the virus, your own cholesterol, your own cellular membrane. And then those spike proteins are encoded, not by your cells, but only by the viral blueprint. And those end up spiking through the cell, through the cell membrane that is your own cell membrane. So your immune system, which is charged to only know the difference between self and non-self, it sees the cellular membrane as, as self. So it doesn't attack that part, that that envelope around yeah. the, the mm -hmm. virus, but it only sees the spike protein. And this is critically important. It sees the spike protein as foreign because that's virus and that's not self. And it attacks that. 
And what we know from research, all the way back to my colleagues, my mentor um, and colleagues early in the 80s, the only thing necessary to cause disease is the spike protein. And that drags you right into, um, oh, what are our RNA and D our RNA vaccines? Yes. What are we expressing in these deadly shots? They're, and they're not. Let me just back up one second and talk about mm. an exosome. Yes, because yes. it really matters when people talk about exosomes. What exosomes are is they are cellular membrane that bud out and express your own cellular RNA and DNA. And, and, and so they are like sending fire trucks to the fire. So that's messenger molecules, RNA, DNA, protein from your immune cells, from your white blood cells, from your other cells that say there's a problem. When you send out those molecules, those are going to be quickly degraded just like as if it was a virus protein. They're danger signals. So all the way back in HIV, AIDS, with cancer, with autism, with any disease associated with an imbalanced host response that is the dysregulated it's the it's the immune cells attack of itself hyper inflammation so those diseases aids cancer autism mecfs where we identified and isolated and purified viruses showed them to be infectious and transmissible what about um, rab- sorry what about when, rabies can you include that also um, into your into your collection there um, I, I can't because I haven't had any work, done any okay. work with rabies. And right now I don't know if it's an envelope virus or not. Sorry, I haven't looked at it ever really. Um, but so with respect just to the envelope viruses, which are the coronaviruses and the retroviruses, this is the conversation. But when you have an exosome, that's your DNA, sim- I mean, your cellular membrane surrounding your own RNA, DNA, or protein, your own signaling molecules to send the fire trucks to the fire. Because RNA, DNA, or protein in the blood is a danger signal. It's It says alarm, 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 alarm. So when we see HIV, and this is one way we used to do it in the days, because I had the, the honor and pleasure of... Um, of working with Bruce Lipton. And I'll just call him the father of exosome science because he was the first that in my recollection back in the early 80s when I worked with um, Dr. Candace Pert, um, you know, uh, uh, another um, brilliant woman in science who, who unco- uncovered endogenous endorphins, our own cellular morphine, um, you know, to stop pain, um, the opioid system. She's really the the, the the goddess of neuroimmuno you know uh, psychology of neuroimmune mm-hmm. um, b- behavior so when we were working with Bruce Lipton and Candace Bird Bruce Lipkin was was detailing exosomes and how they they protect your own immune system it's it's part of a mechanism that says we're in trouble 
And so you always see a lot of exosomes when you're isolating the virus by differential centrifugation or differential filtration technologies. You've got to clean the exosomes away. So when we're speaking about SARS-CoV-2 and the various investigators who say, and I agree with them, that SARS-CoV-2 has not been isolated from human cells, from human cells, and shown to be infectious and transmissible into other human cells. What they've done, they've done the differential centrifugation techniques, but they've done it by taking lung lavage or fluid or blood from humans with the disease, and they've infected monkey cell line, Vero E6. Well, how do you know with that monkey cell line that you're not identifying a monkey coronavirus, that the HIV GP120 in that in in SARS-CoV-2 envelope didn't come from the monkey cell line, and that the XMRVs, the syncytin, the gamma retrovirus envelope that's in SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. There are three different envelopes of three different viruses, SARS, the ACE2 receptor binding domain, the gamma retrovirus syncytin, and the HIV GP120. And you can do the sequences of the virus and show those molecules are in there. And so and and so does does the sequence, where did it come from? Didn't come from a human cell, came came from the monkey cell. So what has never been done, as we did, we did it with HIV, we did it with HTLV1, and we did it with the XMRVs. And Luc Montagnier first did it with, with HIV, showing the, the virus to be in, isolating it by differential centrifugation, puring it away from the exosome. You cannot purify it away from the cellular membrane because that's a part of the virus particle. So you have to you have to be very careful about the language you do. And the, and you know this is this is an expertise that takes 40 years to develop how to do it because viral particles are very fragile. No viral yeah. particles like I cough HIV AIDS on you. And a really good example is I'm clearly infected with the XMRVs, um, the exogenous ones, not my own endogenous one, with the envelope particles, the proteins, we used all the reagents. It's in our science paper. There were several strains from the beginning. And, um, And so, yeah, and I have the cough. So when my immune system gets compromised, I can cough that virus only in a particle but if that virus will only be expressed and be a particle if my immune system is compromised if i am sick because if and that's your own gut reaction get it out of there cough you know don't wear a mask and cripple your immune system and 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 deplete your oxygen and breathe back your own toxic co2 and and take uh, um other bacteria and anything else in the environment to see that can deplete your immune system that is contaminating that non-sterile mask um, in in a, in a situation judy so okay i'm, I'm trying to unpack because a lot of what you're saying is quite technical, so I'm trying to unpack it as you speak. Right. Uh, let me just let me just bring it right back to 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 my unscientific level. Um, right. SARS-CoV-2 exists, but correct. But the effects of it have not really been um, shown to be 
It's never been shown to be isolated um, from human cells, right. with, from a human being with the disease and transmitted to another human being right, with the right. disease. Okay. It's an animal virus. SARS-CoV-2 is a monkey virus. That's the only thing we can say because we've only ever isolated it and characterized it from monkey cells that have other monkey viruses. What about it SARS-CoV-1? Um, SARS-CoV-1 um, is essentially the same thing. It was made in a laboratory um, and, and um, again, grown in that same monkey cell line, which is why SARS-CoV-2 is so closely related to it, because it could be a recombinant, and, and that's what the data show. That's why we didn't call it MERV. If we called it MERS-CoV-2, yes. that would be Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. And the phylogeny, that is the characterization of the nucleic acid, the blueprint, is very far away from MERS and very close to right. SARS. That's why it's called SARS-CoV-2, because it's a it's not a novel virus. We're told it's a novel virus. It's not by right. its phylogeny. Its characterization said, nope, it's just a brother of SARS. And both of them were developed in the laboratory, in the Wuhan laboratory, yes. in the Fort Dietrich laboratory, in the cell line, in the monkey cell line, known as Vero E6, V-E-R-O-E6. That's the clone. All right. So, so, so let me just quickly, again, try and, try and unpack what you're saying. So it hasn't been shown to spread from human to human. So in other words, Correct. so then what's going Has on? So, so what's going on? We're being, we're being lied to. The mask is making us sick. Um, the and you mentioned it earlier, um, the PCR test of 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 fifteen hundred PCR tests that were sequenced from several laboratory. That's what when you amplify in PCR, and I'll just show you my my emery board here. You're amplifying a fragment of a virus of SARS-CoV-2. It's maybe only ten percent of that virus, that spike protein and a conserved protein in another location of the viral genome. Yes. Well, the vi this is this is a hundred base pairs. The virus is twenty thousand base pairs. So you've taken this very small fragment, which I just mentioned is the spike protein, what the immune system sees as distinct, and you amplify it. 10 million times in the PCR reaction. And I'm, I'm not good at math, so you could amplify it a billion times. I don't know. But, <laughs> but you amplify it over and over and over again. And so, but there's no editing function to assure you've got that exact product. So what you have to do before you call a sample a positive, and they did 40 cycles in the beginning. Remember, they did in the noise range where you're amplifying simply noise as if you turn up the static in your radio and you still can't hear the voices. Yes. You know, and we all have dozens of coronaviruses we've been exposed to, if not hundreds throughout human history. So here's that little tiny fragment of the virus. And what you have to do to confirm that it is in fact SARS-CoV-2 is sequence this. What is that 100 base pairs? In the 1,500 samples that were done earlier this year, the only 1,500 that these four different laboratories in California could get a hold of, none of them were SARS fragments. Wow. They were influenza A or influenza B. They were not. Now, remember, 
flu is an upper respiratory infection. But every year our government categorizes flu into coronaviruses, I mean, not this year, into influenza viruses, bacterial pneumonia. Remember, we have a Prevnar is, is a vaccine for 23 different strains of bacterial antigens that can cause the same kinds of upper respiratory infections. So when we say flu each year, and the WE is the Centers for Disease Control and the WHO, they don't test for influenza. They don't test for, for bacterial antigens. They never tested for any kind of coronaviruses. And yet they call it all flu and they, and they lump it under the umbrella, FLU, under the umbrella and, and, and that's every kind. There are several other, many other families of respiratory syncytial virus can cause upper respiratory infections. And then they told us, oh, the people with the disease had a CT scan, a chest scan that looked like broken glass. Well, a lot of things can cause that broken glass. That's not the way you identify a virus. You identify a virus particle by an electron micrograph and those differential purification techniques and the proof you've, you've done the infectious and transmissible. So this never was coronavirus and the treatments were, and, and it was, it was flu. And, and we saw flu disappear. We saw, we saw all causes of flu, whether they be bacterial or viral disappear. And what did we do when we put on the mask? Oh, we cause bacterial upper respiratory infections and, and crippled our immune system. Does COVID-19 exist? And the disease exists, but it, it's not caused by SARS-CoV-2. It's caused by the masks, the social distancing, the staying out of the, of the sunlight, um, the, the failure to get proper immune support, um, 5G, the, the, the frequency of 5G can cause the same cytokine storm. So the disease is, is an imbalanced host response to infection, coronavirus infections. But we knew from the very beginning that flu vaccines, which contain, every flu vaccine contains coronaviruses. People don't realize that. Mm. And we knew from a paper in January of, of 2020 by um, Greg Wolf, I believe, W-O-L-F-F, -F, very large study in the military done in 2017 and 18, showed that um, people in the military were 36% more likely to get a diagnosis of COVID um, if they got a flu shot. And so what were, we, what were we forced to do worldwide? Get a flu shot and wear a mask which just crippled your immune system. So the disease, COVID-19, the disease absolutely exists. And many people died, but they didn't die from a SARS-CoV-2 infection. They died from everything else. Gee, gee, that is, that is not what we are being told. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I just quickly ask you a question? Um, there are, uh, way too many comments and questions so i can't get to all of them and i apologize but don't is it uh, let me just see it quickly dave dave wants to know i beg your pardon donnie wants to know are you a proponent of germ theory because he says yeah that you've said that you aren't i am not i just told you the whole thesis of my right. study yeah is 
is how that, that we can educate the immune system to prevent and treat infectious disease and cancer, AIDS and cancer. We can do it through mm -hmm. education, through a vaccine, which has never been shown to work for RNA viruses. This is, this is why we do it. Or we can do it from plants. Or mm -hmm. we can do it from drugs, drug therapies, so biological response modifiers like type 1 interferon. Type 1 interferon was my first job. Pru purify it. We could prevent the development of disease from an infection if we use the appropriate prevention strategies. So that's not germ theory. Can a virus cause disease? Absolutely, that is AIDS. But we now know nobody, everybody, millions of people are walking around with HIV who will never develop AIDS. Magic Johnson. And in part, that's correct. In part, that's because of my PhD thesis. So then let's, that naturally, the answer to that question is, so that naturally moves you in to these vaccines, which are not vaccines. What they are is toxic inoculations. You are inoculating the very poison. You are inoculating a, a defenseless individual. You started with the sickest in the society, the very old, the very, you know, the, the very young um, pregnant women. You don't uh, a pregnant woman is immune suppressed. You don't inoculate her with anything ever. This is insanity. They're already not going to respond because their job or their immune suppressed. So they don't reject the fetus, which is foreign. So this is basic immunology. The fetus is foreign. And, and, and so you don't inject and you have to develop a microbiome and a virome. And those are communicating with your immune cells, just like I discussed in the mm -hmm. beginning. We have an endogenous virome that is, is God given from the day we walked the planet. We didn't evolve it or anything else. God given, just as it says in Genesis 1.31. And it's it the those the expression of those proteins is critical to regulating the microbiome. There are ten times more microbes in our body than cells, and all of this is a really eloquent dance. That's not germ theory. But if some toxin, if a virus, which is a poison, that can be a different kind of toxin, an environmental toxin. Mm. I just told you, five G is a virus, is a poison. You know, our computers get viruses. They get poisons that destroy the operating system. The operating system is your immune system, your endocannabinoid system, your opioid system, your purinergic metabolism. Everything in our world that is taken in as food and develops the organism. So I am not a proponent of immune theory, but in these in these inoculations, what we're doing is we're inoculating people every cell of the body in a synthetic lipid fat particle remember your your own cells cholesterol cellular membrane your your own cell makes the virus so now the we've taken a synthetic the the vaccines are synthetic lipid nanoparticles with with antifreeze with polyethylene glycol so they don't freeze. Remember the first shot you had to keep them at minus 70? Why? Our body's 98.6 so that it degrades like a Pac-Man. Any viral RNA, any um, viral particles. Not, any sorry, particles sorry. In our body. You mm -hmm. spoke in Fahrenheit there. We use Celsius. That's what? 38, I think. Yeah, something in that yeah, neighborhood. We, we, <laughs> we, use, we, use the, we use the 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 new world 
um, metric system, <laughs> Judy. We, but you, again, you Americans are stuck in the in the in the old in the old days. <laughs> yeah, but it's not sub-zero. It's not frozen. Mm. It's not minus seventy or you know you know degrees Celsius. Mm. You know, it's not minus seventy. It's it's hot for a reason. Remember, in the beginning of the pandemic, people were saying just blow a blow dryer up your nose. Yeah. Just go out in the air in Arizona here in the United <laughs> States. Those virus, that RNA cannot live, cannot even infect. It's degraded. So, so that's the point. You said the, the okay, vaccines right. are toxic. Well, they are yes. not vaccines. And you said yeah. RNA now, and so I have to ask you just obviously about these RNA because everything right now around the world is about these vaccines and south africa yeah, south africa right now has so south, south africa right now has got two we've got johnson and johnson yeah. which which is a, understand is not an mrna vaccine and then we've also got i believe AstraZene astrazeneca i think coming which is mrna what are the differences and what do they do and what do they not do um so an, an mrna vaccine now never been used in humans before is is the blueprint we've been talking about, the blueprint mm. injected in a synthetic fat particle that can't be degraded because um, it's been stabilized by the main component of antifreeze. So it, it's nanoparticle, lipid nanoparticles. So you've surrounded not the natural envelope of the virus mm. that comes from human cells. You've surrounded it with a synthetic, can't be broken down, fat that can that the the rna is in the middle of that fat and you inject it into every cell of the body it can go through nuclear membranes it can go through mitochondrial membranes it can go to site through your um um your cellular membranes and then it's translated into the protein that spike protein component so you're going to have gp120 from the aids virus you're going to have the um syncytin from the gamma retrovirus families, um, which you will develop an autoimmune response because syncytin is a crippled retrovirus that's on in seven of our, four of our chromosomes at least. So when we, it's a, it's a natural component we can't get into. And then the third one is the ACE2 receptor binding domain, which lines the endothelia of the blood system. So it's not a vaccine because it, it produces, it forces your cells to produce only pathogens. So it's making every cell in your body a pathogen. Every cell of the body is expressing the, SAR, the only pathogenic parts of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Why would you do that? And you see the results even in the papers. What do people get? Headache, chills, fever, fatigue. Oh, the disease. So the inoculations are the injection of the disease. That's not a protective immune response. And it's, it's not, therefore, a vaccine. It does not prevent transmission of the virus because it's not the rest of the virus. It's a synthetic lipid nanoparticle. Your immune system hasn't been able to develop the immune response to the virus because it's been crippled. So this is, it's, they're not vaccines and they're pathogenic. So the AstraZeneca, the Pfizer and the Moderna are the mRNA vaccines. The J&J, &J, you take an adenovirus vector and you express the RNA to make it a protein. So you express 
only the spike protein envelope. So in that in that one, you've got the same problem. You've got a synthetic lipid nanoparticle, but now you've got a, con, a another kind of upper respiratory infection vector. It's called the virus, and you've you've engineered into that the the blueprint and you've allowed that other virus to become the factory like our own host cells making art so you're expressing the protein in that in that particular shot so what and you don't have to have it translated from the rna to the protein you're translating it in that particular shot so in layman's terms right so in layman's terms are they creating the the disease by, yes. So in other words, are they are they injecting you with a type of operating system that's making you ill? Correct. They are make they are creating the disease. Either either the blueprint itself being I- injected or or bypass that translation step and go ahead and inject the the viral the in a viral vector um, express the protein express and the receptor. By- the and spike that can, protein and it can lead to death absolutely it's killing and and i mean 240,000 times the serious adverse rev- events and deaths um of of children in in uh, you know and children aren't bothered by the virus at all they have a fabulous innate immune response they're frontline because they're young because they're strong they're military that innate immune response we discussed is is powerful so this they they are not and and so everybody's saying well after we injected you 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 got the you got infected because you're pcr positive well you injected the blueprint you injected the very fragment the pcr is going to detect or and and you're going to make antibodies against that synthetic fragment and you're going to have pathogenic priming if you've ever seen a coronavirus before and we all have and 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 some people are going to make and pathogenic priming means that your macrophages or your antibody responses create too high a flame so the vaccine is like throwing a gasoline on a fire. So right. yes, the, the COVID shots are the disease. They You are injecting COVID. You're not injecting SARS-CoV-2, you're injecting That's incredible. COVID, the disease. Norman, it's incredible. Norman's got a question for you. He says, why are people coming into contact with the vaccinated seemingly getting ill? Is that even possible? <sighs> yes, unfortunately it is. Now, one of the things that we've done in cancer research is we've appreciated that RNA, that 98%, let's just say, uh, it could be a little more or less, of our RNA is not, our messenger RNA is not translated into proteins. And it's, in fact, regulatory RNA, micro RNA, pieces and parts. And we've used that in cancer therapy quite successful in, in modulating the expression of genes associated with causing disease, let's just say in strengthening tumor suppressor yeah. genes or, or stopping oncogenes, cancer-causing genes. And those micro RNAs, we formulated them over the decades in order that they could be aerosolized 
in order so that you could be breathing that regulatory pathogenic RNA onto someone else. And and I, I do think we're seeing that. Um, I've been, you know, hundreds of thousands of cases of that. Um, at, I, as you might guess, millions mm. around the world contact me and we are seeing it. And so, yes, that is possible by breathing this because the manufacturers, people who understand microRNA, and the, and the drug development of microRNA, there's small inhibitory RNA, there are lots of things. They actually, if people look up microRNAs, they'll see that that won a Nobel Prize because of the opportunity that you could actually formulate it to be aerosolized, breathe in a cancer cure. In this case, it's breathe out a toxin. Jeez. That does not have to be a virus. Um, Shauna wants to know, are these injections, Judy? Um, yes. Are they genetically modifying humans? They can. Um, not at the level of insertional mutagenesis necessarily, which means the the piece of RNA is not RNA doesn't insert itself into the DNA. It needs to be reverse transcribed. It needs to be um, in the presence of reverse transcriptase and integrase. And reverse transcriptase writes the RNA into DNA and the integrase is like a pair of scissors that cuts open your DNA and puts that RNA in there for the life of the cell. Mm. Now we don't have any evidence that's happening from because we don't know what's that there's any reverse transcriptase in these shots, but of course they won't let us look. Um, what's coded for so and but what the most important thing is they can change the expression of your genes it's called epigenetics and when they change the expression of your genes that can be permanent just as much as a mutation as a change in the base pair an epigenetic change can be read throughout six generations and and this was a high this was um area of research epigenetics and dna methylation silencing of retroviruses um i i spent more than a decade and we made seminal discoveries um in how that's associated with cancer causing again not the virus the expression of RNA in the wrong place, in the wrong tissue, at the wrong time. Never inject that. Judy, that's a very interesting question. And it's it's one that you see all the time um, in the media. Uh, Katya wants to know, why is it then that m- most people who get the vaccine don't seem to get ill? Why is it only the minority? Well, people with existing inflammatory diseases people with with rheumatoid arthritis, people who are overweight because the ACE2 receptors are, are um, in, in fat cells predominantly in high levels, people who like me who already have existing lung conditions with COPD, the elderly, the very people who are susceptible to coronaviruses, to dying from flu and things that most people don't. So most healthy people, you know, they did the clinical trials in perfectly healthy people. But then when they started rolling out this so-called emergency use, they gave it to the over 65 or pregnant women or or infants, people who'd never been tested. So most people are going to be fine um, until 
until they see a coronavirus, until um, they wear a mask for a long period of time, mm -hmm. until they get their next flu shot, until the next corona season. And then their immune system is going to explode because they're, they've compromised their frontline immune defense. And so they're going to go straight to the adaptive immune responses, and they're simply not going to have the ability, the energy at the level of ATP to fight. Um, and so we're going to see the deaths in the healthy. And so right now you're seeing the injuries in the immune compromise. You're seeing the injuries. And, and by immune compromise, that's, a, that's an infant. That's a child under three years old who hasn't developed their detox machinery. That's the poor. That's the people eating GMO food. That's that's the people who can't get healthy food, who are isolated and not in the sunshine. Judy, um, I know that you have to leave quite quite soon, and I'm, and I'm very glad that you've agreed that you'll come back on in the next couple of weeks, and so you and I will chat about that. But I've got one, one very important question um, that just a whole bunch of people have been asking. Um, what would you recommend because this is a battle this is a very strange battle that's happening now and it's a battle of psychology because people are there are many people judy i'm sure around you just like around me are genuinely scared they've bought into the propaganda um and family members are, are even are even divided on this vaccine and people are scared what do you recommend how would you deal with this how would you deal just on a day-to-day -day basis with, with talking to people obviously you and i agree that this vaccine is a no-go how do you deal with this what do you do what would you say what would you recommend well how i do deal with it in my own family is i say what's the rush wait wait a little while what's the hurry i mean why are they for you got to get it right now you got to get it right now oh there's you know wait and watch you know, we're healthy. We're not susceptible. Even the most, we can protect our immune systems. Yeah. You know, we can get vitamin D, sunshine, zinc, hydroxychloroquine. We have type 1 interferons. We have healthy alternatives. We can get our berberine and our um, uh, uh, natural products, um, quercetin. We can protect our, our immune systems and not get sick um, from, from SARS-CoV-2. So what's the hurry is what I always say. Why? with a child. Child's not ever going to get sick. Why are we rushing to inject these children with things we have no idea what's going to happen? When all the animals died anytime this type of experimentation was done before, ultimately the animals died in those trials. Now we are the experimental animals. So what I tell them is, you know, you know, just wait. Wait and watch. You know, take mm -hmm. think. I mean, just a little bit. Take off the mask. Never before for any other virus, for influenza or anything, even Ebola. I I isolated HIV. I from from AIDS patients in the eighties when nobody knew what it was. Never before did I wear a mask. Why? I don't compromise my own immune system. Keep us healthy, and we'll stay well. And watch and wait. You know, why, what's the hurry to run out and inject this, you know, this, you have no idea what's in that needle. But what we do know is people are dying and people are being severely injured. And that's, and, and we mm -hmm. don't know why. I, yeah, um, my husband just walked in. Uh, okay. Well, that's perfect timing. Um, on that note, yes. let's just summarize everything you've said to what's the hurry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, just wait and watch. 
keep yourself healthy and strong and you'll answer that Doreen theory. You'll answer those questions. Judy, you and I will see each other again in a few weeks time. Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much, Jim. My name is Jim. This was Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.